Today we hear the incredible prophecy of God's new covenant, which includes us, recorded in Jeremiah 31. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant which they broke, though I was a husband to them, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. No more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and their sin I will remember no more. Covenant? Let's, for the time being, replace it with the word contract. The older you get, the more experience you have with a contract or two. If you choose to buy a car or a truck that is much more expensive than all of your cash, you could go to the bank and take out a loan, a contract, that spells out how much money you get to borrow and your agreement to pay it all back by a certain period of time at a definite level of interest attached. The same goes for a mortgage on a home that you wish to purchase. Now, if you choose to rent an apartment or a house, then you sign a lease with a landlord, a contract that spells out what the landlord provides, what your monthly rent will be, and terms that dictate what you can and cannot do as a person living in that rental space, which is not yours. Certain job offers come down to contracts that lay out the responsibilities of the employee and the compensation paid by the employer. Now here's something to notice about these examples. It's a two-way street. It's a deal between two parties. In order to get what you want, you need to do or give or pay something. Thankfully for all of us, God's new covenant will never be a two-way street. Quite the opposite. It is a one-sided arrangement where he's active and we're passive. He's the doer and the giver. We are to receive his benefits. Best of all, because of that one-way street, that one-sidedness, the new covenant of God is going to be unbreakable. To appreciate the value of that, I want you to consider the only alternative. If we had to deal with God, according to the merit system, a pay-as-you-go plan, then the measuring stick of that is going to be His holiness, and the whole thing is doomed to fail. 
On day one, the deal would be broken with the fault entirely our own. Make no mistake, we would be just like the children of Israel breaking the law of Moses. Or to use the modern examples, we would be the bad tenant evicted for trashing the apartment. The bad employee fired because we stole from the boss and we crashed the company car. We would default on our loan with God and become completely bankrupt, unable to pay this debt that we owe. Now God, in his infinite wisdom and mercy, understood this problem from eternity, and so his new covenant is completely underwritten by divine grace. His one-way grace at work from start to finish. What does that mean? It means that since it's his deal with us, he initiates it. He makes the first move in his plan and promise of salvation laid out in the Old Testament prophecies about Jesus. Then in the fullness of times, he sends his son to do all the hard work, keeping every commandment in your place, and then offering himself as that payment of the debt we owe. Then comes the Holy Spirit, delivering the goods in his word, straight into your hearts. And he even gives us the faith to believe, that is to receive all the benefits offered. Please understand how this new covenant of God is capable of doing what human contracts could never do. And really it comes down to the internal power of the Spirit to change a wayward heart, to reclaim lost souls. We hear it in this promise, verse 33. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. The promise continues in the next verse, including all believers. They all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more. That's the currency of the kingdom. That's the currency of the contract. The forgiveness of sins becomes this thing that will be God's unfailing power to succeed. So I propose that this new contract, if I may call it that, is going to benefit both sides forever. It's an unparalleled win-win for him and for us. He wins us and all believers as his family forever. And boy, we win him as our God, Father and Savior, our glory. That's because the new covenant will be unbreakable, not broken at all, not certainly by God, and not even by us. That's true. Only because of his faithful follow-through. He will finish what he started. He will fulfill what he promised. What he has put into your hearts, he will preserve. And he will use the forgiveness of sins over and over as the way to bring us back, win us over, keep us as his own. That's his one-sided pledge to us up front. Signed and sealed in his word, bought and paid for by his son, delivered 
to us through the Spirit. Thanks and praise be to our three-in-one God and His unbreakable new covenant with us. Amen. We close our worship this morning singing hymn 297. There will be an announcement afterward. Hymn 297 stanzas 1 through 4. 1 through 4 of hymn 297.